Hey everybody, this is Jonathan Cherry and in today's podcast, Susan and I chat about scenario planning and what value good scenario planning has for you and your organization during this time of great uncertainty. Welcome to the podcast, Heroes of Futurism with me, Jonathan Cherry. This podcast is about the future and how to create it, what opportunities exist, what ideas are worth thinking about and how you can begin to design the future that you want. Let's start right now. Okay, so we are, I think we're a couple of days late with the podcast, uh, but we've been busy. Yeah, busier than I ever thought I would be <laughs> uh, stuck at home. You're working at home? Yeah. Uh, and you work for a corporate? How's that going? Yeah, I think we were pretty agile. I don't think we the most agile corporate, but we are... They, they were very quick to uh, allow people to work from home and to set us up uh, those people that needed 3G cards and things like that. And I think it's actually been quite a smooth transition. Mm. I think more than anything, it's just the, a cultural thing. I'm quite an extrovert. I enjoy meeting with people. I enjoy time with people. I enjoy chatting one-on-one -on -one, you know, with people. So I'm missing a bit of the interaction and a bit of the culture. But instead, you've been locked up at home with me. For <laughs> you and the cat. Over a month. <laughs> cooking and cleaning and yeah. exactly yeah so it's an adjustment for everybody um but i mean what's great is that it work carries on and you're busier than ever mm. yeah i mean it's there's no difference for me uh in terms of workload i mean i what i was saying earlier uh to to your colleague was you know, sometimes people catch you in the passageway or they catch you in the kitchen at work and they ask you something, whereas now people don't seem to, you don't have that interaction. So everything becomes a half an hour meeting. So, you know, the day might start off looking not too busy, but by the end of it, everyone's just plucked meetings in and it really becomes really busy. So I think it's just those passing uh, kind of tea time conversations that where things get solved or things get organized and we just don't have that. So I thought what we'd do today is talk about a few scenarios. We're now nearing the end of April. In South Africa, we've been locked down, um, heading on to four weeks now. Mm -hmm. I think what started off as something that was quite novel and unique, I think people are getting to the end of their tether now. Exactly. They're getting a little bit cutful of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, from what I understand, a lot of companies are doing scenario planning. Um, I've heard a lot of my friends uh, working for either corporates or for smaller sized companies and SMEs, NGOs are also delving into the realm of scenario planning. Yeah. So I thought what we do is just start off by actually defining what scenario planning is. Um, because I think a lot of people use the term scenario planning and mm. maybe. Well, they there's... just use the term scenarios. Right. Um, so. <laughs> You know, when you do uh, when you do a degree in future studies, the very first thing as both of us have done, <laughs> so the very the very first hour of the degree when you're sitting in the lecture hall is that they say future studies is not about prediction. Yeah, uh, and actually, it's called futures studies. So there isn't future studies; it's future studies. So the reason that it's future studies is because. From where we are now, there are multiple different futures that could manifest from this time looking into the future. Mm. And those futures depend on all sorts of things. And you just think of the world at the moment. There are so many different 
um, elements of change which are swirling around in the local and global environment that it's very there's a lot of uncertainty as to how those factors of change will interact and what kind of future they will manifest mm -hmm. so scenario planning is very much about understanding which of those factors um, will have the most impact on your organization well even one step back what is scenario planning it's a tool right okay so let's start off with that it is a tool to be used under conditions of uncertainty if you are trying to decide how you would respond if a certain scenario had to happen in the future. So, And with a neutral practitioner that isn't actually involved in the company. And I think that's something that one yeah. of our lecturers used to often say is so that if you can have a neutral perspective, you don't get swayed into one person that might be, say, the CEO or the MD or the GM that has got an agenda or got an idea of what they think might be the best scenario for the company, it would be difficult for them mm. to be totally neutral. Yeah. So to get a facilitator in to run scenarios is probably giving your scenario planning the best uh, kind of foot, right. the best uh, um, opportunity. And the reason is, is because the the future that unfolds is largely out of your control. Sure. So what you want to do is you want to get an assessment of what the environment looks like. What, is, what does the future condition of the marketplace, of the country, of the world look like? And, you know, we were told everybody does scenario planning all the time. Because if you are driving down Kloofnik Road and you're driving at 60 kilometers an hour, and if you look ahead, you can see that there's an old lady with a little dog on the right-hand side of the road. You're going down the road, there are cars coming up the other side of the road, and all of a sudden you see the leash that the dog is on breaks. Now, in your car, you will immediately run through various scenarios of what could happen. The dog could run into the road and get hit by one of the cars coming up. It could run into the road and... Um, run out. Yeah, run into the road and then run back out. The old lady could see it. She could grab the dog. It might run into your lane. If it does, what will you do? If yeah. you swerve right, you're going to hit a car that's coming. So it's not if about making decisions. It's not. It's about weighing up. Right. The various the options. options as to what might happen. So that's a classic example of how every single one of us does scenario planning without going through a big rigmarole or trying to, you know, we just do an assessment of, so of what might happen. Absolutely. And I think what, as you're speaking, what comes up for me is um, realizing when I speak to lots of people in all different fields, um, and by different fields, I mean, you know, consultancies, big corporates, SMEs, uh, small entrepreneurial ventures. So just speaking to a whole lot of people, there seems to be the understanding that they're doing scenario planning, but they actually are working on one or two scenarios. Scenario mm. one, we go back on the 1st of May, which is our proposed uh, lockdown end date by the government um, or mandated by the government. And option two, we stay. Right. Those are the only two that people seem to be working towards. And I just, why we thought we would do a podcast on scenario planning is just that working on two options is not scenario planning. No, and the problem with that is, and this is the value of scenario planning. So when if we go back to the example that I gave of driving in a car with a dog, if you run through multiple scenarios, and in your mind, in 
the flash of an instant, you will think to yourself, right, I can either brake, let me check who's behind me. I can swerve left, I might hit a parked car. I can swerve right, I might hit an oncoming car. I can slow down gradually now in anticipation. Yes, that's probably the right scenario. You can see just with that simple example that I've, in my mind, gone through at least four or five or six different scenarios as to what might happen. And then I've also gone into the mental states of trying to think, what would I do if such and such happens? Mm -hmm. So the danger of having a two scenario future is that then you only have two possible futures that could unfold. And they almost seem to be opposites of each other. Right. But the major problem is, is that should another future scenario then play out, you haven't thought about that. So now you might as well not have done the scenario planning because you just haven't thought about this thing happening. So you either are not prepared for the risk or on the conversely, you, you're not prepared for the opportunity that one could really take. Right. Exactly. So, so you're preparing yourself for the worst exactly. in both cases. So as a futurist, you would say, well, so you haven't done a very comprehensive job of creating what they call a memory of the future. So mm -hmm. you, you haven't necessarily created a comprehensive set of mental models into which you can start thinking about what your response would be or how you would position the organization should such and such happen. Now, as you're speaking, I'm imagining some people to say, well, we're an agile corporation or an agile company, so we can respond with agility. So right. how would you? Which is great. But I think, you know, the, I think for smaller companies, yes, absolutely. You are set up and your organizational structure is as such that you can move fairly quickly, which is great. You know, then you are a modern organization and you've already got stuff going on for you. But you will be on the back foot. Right. You will be on the back foot. I think the big thing for me, though, is that scenario planning uh, and strategic scenario planning is valuable for teams because what it does is it really creates the mental agility so that even though you've gone through four or eight or 12 different scenarios, uh, you've given your mind the ability to imagine the company's response in each one of those instances. And in a way, it trains your mind to be ready for uncertainty. It's training your mind to be ready for a future which looks vastly different from what it does today. I think it would also align the team. Yeah, because exactly. Um, so everyone knows what they're fighting for. Exactly. So, you know, I always think of the NFL. You know, if you play in an NFL team, if you're the quarterback for an NFL team, you are throwing passes every single day all over the field in training. And because what you want to do is you want to practice for that big game moment when the pressure is on and you've got some massive guy who's running towards you trying to take your head off, you have to be calm and you would have practiced a specific pass over and over again, no matter what kind of pass is required. And in a sense, in a world of uncertainty and a world of volatility that we are living in now, management teams and organizations need to be just as practiced um, with uncertainty with the game playing out in a way that they never could have imagined before. But because they've practiced this pass over and over again, no matter what happens, they will be mentally prepared to deal with the uncertainty and to have a response uh, to that uncertainty. So what is the difference then between a scenarios planning exercise uh, or, or workshop that, that, that a company or a department would go through versus a strategy session? So let's say I hired you and I said, 
I can't decide if I would need scenarios planning or if I need strategy. Mm. Look, strategy uh, in general, you're not dealing with as much complexity and as much volatility and uncertainty as to what companies are looking at right now. I think the major thing about strategy is that strategy is great when done uh, when you look at your performance from the past year and you look at where the company, the reality of the company is now, and then you really start to question, you know, how can we improve? Where are the opportunities? Let's do a SWOT analysis. Then strategies, standard strategy work is useful. Scenarios are very, very useful if the organization is facing a certain level of uncertainty. Uh, which could materially impact the future of that organization. So either an external force, a threat uh, that is kind of pending, right. whether it's a competitor, right. all of a sudden, you know, if you're a small kind of fashion store and all of a sudden opposite your shop opens a big mall with lots of discounters or something like that, that would be something like, okay, we right. need to quickly do a scenarios planning to, yeah. to, to plan a, a more desirable future yeah. and to actively choose what our future is. So in future studies, they speak about the desire to understand the, the plausible, the possible, and the preferable futures. So there are certain future states which are plausible. If you really put your mind to it and you go like, wow, could that really happen? Yeah, it's plausible. You know, it's not unrealistic for us to think like that. Mm -hmm. Then there are possible future states, which is like, mm, you know what? It's very possible that South Africa could start to go back to work on the 1st of May. That is... Um, that's that's a possible date, and there are certain scenarios that will play out around that. It's possible. But then there are preferable um, scenarios where you understand certain things and you can also then position the organization uh, or maybe in the contextual environment, certain things play out. Like a preferable scenario for South Africa would be that on the 1st of May, things go back to the way they were and that business starts to open. We start developing partnerships and companies all of a sudden realize that they need to innovate and they put lots of money into innovation. That would be the preferable scenario. Uh, but in amongst that preferable state, there are multiple other possible and plausible states that we also need to think about. Um, yeah. So, that's, so when change is required, mm, yeah, that's probably when a company or a person would be um, more under more pressure to complete yeah. an accurate scenarios planning exercise. And I, I think the in the situation that we find ourselves now, there are so many unknown variables that are just cropping up all of the time. I was reading the other day that apparently, even if you've had the COVID-19 disease, apparently it doesn't give you the antibodies to protect you through a level of immunity from the disease. So now there is a factor which is now playing into scenarios once again, because scenarios that were done last week, we were saying, well, once you've developed an immunity to it, well, then you're home free. You know, mm -hmm. Bill Gates was talking about an immunity passport and all that kind of stuff. Now, all of a sudden, that factor has radically changed. Now the scenarios that the world is looking at could be different. Mm. And that's what we're talking about is that they aren't just a predefined set of uncertainties or variables that we're looking at. They are an interconnected, complex array of factors, which we need to think about very, very carefully. So you've got your factors, which obviously you need to think about. 
what is a common framework that people could use? Mm. So is it, you know, sometimes, you know, there's like we spoke earlier about a causal loop diagram, causal uh, layered analysis. So these are some of the tools that one could use to start looking at what the factors are and rate them in terms of a priority. But what is a kind of general framework we could look at? What are the most important things? What do we look at in scenario planning? Yeah, well, when you do a scenarios exercise, the first thing that you want to do is you want to start off by saying, what is our intention with doing this workshop? So why do you want to do a scenarios workshop? Is it because you're wanting to retrench half of your staff and you're not sure whether that's the right kind of move? Is it that you're saying, well, we want to innovate, we need to know what kind of products we need to, in- we need to start thinking about innovating now for a future world which might play out. So you need to start off with having a very clear understanding of what your intention is. The next step that you will do is you will go into a process of brainstorming and really analyzing what factors are in play at the moment. So not just factors within your organization, but external factors. And this can take some time. Um, And they're the obvious ones, which is when will business open again? Rad plummeting. Right. When will a vaccine be found? These are very obvious uh, factors that we can look at. Uh, And you would chart all of these factors. And what I always do in a scenario exercise is that you can then categorize each one of these factors. So uh, you would say, right, is the factor of high uncertainty and does it have a high impact on the future of our organization? So those are the two key variables. And you can place them in four different quadrants, depending on how so those So you would two... look at high uncertainty, low uncertainty, high impact, low impact. Right. Low uncertainty, low impact, high uncertainty, high impact. So those are the four stats. Yeah. Uh, and each one of those plays a very significant role in what kind of scenarios you then write. But ideally, what you then do is you take two of the most impactful and most uncertain elements which fall into that quadrant of high uncertainty and high impact. You would then use those as, right, you create continuums of them. So you would say, right, South Africa goes back to work on the 1st of May. South Africa doesn't go back to work on the 1st of May. Um, uh, You know, the... What's the other one? The the vaccine is found early. A vaccine is found only in two years' time. Mm. So now all of a sudden you've got... So now you're mapping those variables on the framework of high impact, low impact, high uncertainty, low uncertainty. No, we use that just to categorize the factors. Now we're using the factors. We're creating a new uh, four-by-four matrix, and we're saying, right, now these essential factors are connecting with each other in four different ways. What then are the stories that we can write around that future possible state? And the real value of scenarios is to write um, quite inspiring, emotionally charged stories that really people can start to imagine what the world might feel like if this had to play out. So a scenario can't, a scenarios, well, let's call it a scenario, cannot just be bullet points. It really is quite a creative exercise. It's a story. It is a story. And what you want is that you want people to read the story and they must be emotionally moved. You must imagine what it would feel like to wake up in the morning right. and go to work under that scenario. Exactly. And I've done work with some big financial services uh, 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 clients where in actual fact, we spent a lot of money on actually 
not only writing a scenario, but we went and shot little films that were then played at management conferences. And we actually tricked the people at the management conference and said, listen, this is a newsreel which is going to be playing on Sunday. And the newsreel was like the company was taken over by a massive American conglomerate. And people in the conference were like, oh, my goodness, this is the worst news ever. They were on their phones and calling their wives and crying and, you know, their jobs were finished. Um, obviously, that wasn't the truth. That was a future scenario. I, mean, I would hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but what it does is it creates the urgency mm. that people can go like, oh, my goodness, if that had to happen, how would I respond? You know, what would I do? And that is what you want. You don't just want a set of bullet points. You want a story which is so compelling that it inspires people to think of creative responses to that story. And I guess that's the importance of getting someone in to run scenario planning workshops is that if we kind of are saying, right, we've got an hour and a half, let's quickly do it. The risk is that you will go and do bullet points and it will skim over the detail, but it's the detail that brings the scenario to life. Right. Um, so I see you had open uh, Clem Santa's scenario plan, uh, scenarios for uh, COVID-19. Mm. I mean, he is the godfather of scenario planning in South Africa uh, with these very... Um, kind of popular ones that everyone has read through the high road and the low road. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk through those? Yeah. So I haven't read them in detail, but what's interesting about Clem Santa, obviously he has a great history of doing some really important scenarios mm. work in South Africa, specifically around the transition of governments uh, uh, after 94. Um, so Clem Santa's worked for Anglo American. He was actually trained by someone who was one of the leaders of scenario planning at Shell. Um, So he's got a great track record of how to do scenarios well. Um, But he did some scenarios around the coronavirus and what might play out uh, actually towards the end of last year. And he's recently just updated them. Uh, And the new scenario that he's brought in, I think the one is the camel's back, which is, is this the camel's straw? Is this the issue which finally breaks the world economy and forces us to to relook at it? Uh, Spain again, which is, is this another case that we have uh, the Spanish flu, like the 1918 Spanish flu, where up to 5% of the world population was wiped out? Or his, um, his latest scenario, which he's added into the mix, is called the tightrope, which is a fact where um, government is going to have to Um, be very careful as to how they finance this. How do they bring countries back online? How do we bring South Africa back online? Mm. And we were just discussing uh, exactly that. Like, it's very difficult to try and imagine what that future state might look like. Um, What is a tightrope scenario where you've got to open up parts of the economy, but at the same time, you can't overwhelm uh, healthcare providers in South Africa because you will, (laughs) you'll kill the economy in any case. Mm. Um, so I, as I say, I haven't read it in, in detail, but I think, again, Clem Sons has done a great job of really painting quite a rich picture as to what, uh, what the future condition of the country might look like. And the detail and, and the, the story. Detail. And the value of that, once again, is as an organization, as an individual, you can then read that and go, oh, my goodness, this just sounds absolutely tragic. You know, what would I do? How can I help? Who would I partner with? Mm. What would I do? 
Um, what does the world look like? Um, and it, I, ge- I guess, gives you the opportunity to just prepare mentally, but also put like a loose plan in place as to what your response would be. And I think that's the real value of scenario planning from a, somebody like Clem Santa, who's, who's very logical and very good at writing a fantastic story. Exactly. Mm. I mean, so this obviously wasn't the route we intended on going with the podcast as usual, but I think what it has given is people, it, it gives everyone just an outline of what scenario planning is because you cannot open any form of media without reading something about scenarios. Mm. Uh, McKinsey has gone wild with, you know, publishing all of their scenarios in all the different industries. It's what people are talking about, but it's just uh, to not uh, confuse what scenarios are with what a scenario planning exercise is and how beneficial and how crucial during this time uh, that is. And I think the value of not just reading Clem Sunter's scenarios and then saying, oh, well, now we know what the future looks like. The value of doing a scenarios workshop with your team is that it almost binds the team in your moral resolve as to how you as a business would find avenues to survive. And I guess for me, that's that's the real value is how do you embed a story emotionally within a management team to, again, help them be like uh, Tom Brady and you're, you're passing that pass as a team. How do you practice? How do you train? How do you get to a point where you have a response uh, for a multiple, a multiple different futures that might unfold. And also, I think, for a team to create that together. Yeah. So for each person on the team to be part of the creation of that narrative. Precisely. And then the creation of the change. Yeah, because the value of scenarios, uh, individually customized scenarios for your organization, is that you want a diversity of perspectives. It can't just be the management Absolutely. team that says, oh, well, you know, because we all have MBAs, we know best. That's not the point. The point is that you want a rich picture, which is really created and populated by a multiple, you know, multiple different uh, perspectives in the room. So it's important to invite all sorts of different people to a scenarios exercise in order to achieve that. And I think that's what the value is. So, yeah, I think we started off this by saying, you know, are people really understanding what scenarios what scenario planning is and are they doing a proper job? I would say that people are attempting to do scenario planning, whether it's quality scenario planning is another question altogether. But I think that it is vital in this time to be thinking uh, broadly and richly and trying not to get too emotionally connected with the, the stories, but to at least give yourself the mental picture or a memory of the future as what futurists like to to say so that you're not necessarily surprised when things uh, change and develop in an entirely different way okay well it sounds like we gave a lecture (laughs) but it was fun thank you everyone thanks thanks for listening to heroes of futurism if you enjoyed this podcast please consider subscribing and we'll see you next time cheers